are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is Friday, April 9th, 2021. On the show today, part one of my conversation with Rafael Barlow of Locked On NBA Podcast and also NBA Draft Junkies. He and I discussed the Big 12 players that will be going and, uh, you know, we might be seeing, or in a lot of cases, we will be seeing in the NBA this year. And in this episode, we discuss the Baylor boys and then uh, Cade Cunningham. So we talk about the Baylor guys, we talk about Macy Oteague, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, and um, Mark Vidal. And then also we talk about Cade Cunningham, and that's really where we start off. And then part two will come out uh, either on Monday or Tuesday, depending on uh, what happens this weekend. We might do another Masters wrap on Monday. But uh, yeah, next week will be part two, and we'll talk about some of the other guys. The Texas guys, uh, you know, Greg Brown and Kai Jones. And then we'll discuss Oklahoma's Austin Reeves, uh, and also Deuce McBride and Oshai Obaji as well. So we'll have those guys. We'll talk about them next week. But today it's Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, Macy Oteague, Mark Vital, and Cade Cunningham. So it's a fun conversation. Think you guys will enjoy. All right, fun Friday edition here of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, we're going to talk some NBA draft with Rafael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies and Locked On NBA uh, with NBA podcast here. Rafael, thank you for joining me today. Uh, a lot of Big 12 guys to look at in this year's draft. Yeah, quite a few, quite a few. Thank you for having me on as a guest. I, I always appreciate the opportunity to, to talk basketball. Yeah, man. And in this, you know, this conference, um, we have to start with the Baylor boys, right? I mean, to the winners go the spoils. Obviously, Cade's going to be the story on draft night. But one of the biggest stories of the last month, I'd say, and, you know, all of basketball, uh, both NBA and pro, you know, we use the tournament kind of as a time to start thinking about the future. Nobody has made themselves more money than Davion Mitchell has. Um, his agree. tournament <laughs> performance is, is pretty crazy. And I want to know what you're what your comp is. Cause obviously we saw Donovan Mitchell walking around with the Davion Mitchell Jersey on. Um, I, I think at worst Davion Mitchell is going to be able to guard every team's best guard. Uh, that is kind of what at the wor- at the very worst. That's what I see him doing. His shootings improved, which I love. Not just the shooting is good. The fact that it's improved. I love that. Yeah. I, I think you see the, the, the getting better, the confidence with which he has is really important too. And he just has a sense of knowing when to shoot, when to pass, when to go to the lane, you know, when to attack the basket. It really all came together for him during the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I He's tough to come up with a comparison. Donovan Mitchell was the lazy comparison because right. of the same last name, the word number 45. Sometimes the jerseys are similar when Utah decides to wear those, those uh, like green throwback jerseys. Right. But, yeah, I, I agree 100%. He's made himself a lot of money. I think there's some people that are still kind of skeptical because there's some that are saying that they don't want to base their draft, um, I guess, the draft observations off of a short run in the tournament. But I thought he had a good season overall. Obviously, Baylor was was dominant this season. I think at the very minimum, you could end up with, like, this Patrick Beverly-type defender mm-hmm. with a lot more shot creation, a lot more playmaking skills. Um, he shot like around 45% from three. A lot of people are questioning that because it's such a big jump from 
previous seasons, but I, I really like what he was able to do. I, I think that he has high upside as a shot creator, and I, I think that his passing is a little bit underrated. I know he averaged about five assists per game, so I'm I'm a fan. I, I'm starting to see his name creep up in the lottery, which I, I probably have him a little bit more so mid-first round. I think teams are going to use his his age against him. But the lower he goes, which, you know, obviously every player wants to go high, but the lower he goes, he ends up in a better team, in a better situation. And that could be more beneficial for him long term. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I work with Dallin Cuff from ESPN, covers college basketball, and, and he says the NBA is a futures market, right? It's, it is, that's what they're investing in. That's why a lot of the time guys' age does work against them. I do think there is something to the idea that he is refined as a defender. He is very polished as a playmaker, uh, you know, maybe not all the way there, but we saw it, you know, at the level he's currently at, he can get to the, he can get by anybody. And I think his spot up shooting uh, or excuse me, his shooting off the dribble has is what really caught my eye uh, yep. a lot. You can hit a lot of step backs, which, you know, if you're going to be a, one of the great, I mean, one of the great guards in this league, a lot of those guys have a great step back jumper. That's kind of the, it's a hallmark of a lot of these really good guards. Um He's confident, like I mentioned, and I would say I understand why people would talk about the tournament run, reading too much into it. I would also argue that he's been doing it all season, and yep. I think a lot of these teams, when they just start these college basketball teams, they just start chugging. You, you kind of, you kind of just lump it all together as opposed to yep. evaluating the individuals until this time of year. So I think. I think if a team wants some security, this is where you'd go in the lottery. I'm not, I don't, I'm, you know, obviously we don't know everybody's picking yet, but that would be my argument for a lottery team, especially a back-end lottery team picking him yeah. is that you're going to get stability and you're going to get a guy that in my opinion, it would put you closer to a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, you look at a team like right now, based off the standings as of today, Golden State is a lottery team. Mm-hmm. He goes there, they get a defender, they get an additional shot creator. He goes to a situation where he won't be the starter, you know, if Clay and everybody's back. But he goes to win a team and he helps them on the defensive end. You have, you know, they already were known for having a pretty good defense, but now you have another great perimeter defender that you can allow to, you know, defend the other team's best player where you can hide stuff and allow him to play in like the the passing lanes or guard, the the three and D guy that's not going to put the ball on the floor. So, for him, that would be a really good situation. Another team would be like San Antonio. So I, I think that he's, like I said, he's made himself a lot of money, and um, he's probably going to end up in a better situation. The next guy on Baylor, this this is a really interesting one, is Jared Butler. Um, I think he has the ability to be a really, really good NBA player with staying power. And last year he put his name in the draft and was told by a lot of the scouts, hey, look, we want you to work on your ball handling. We want you to work on your defense and your athleticism. And I mean, athleticism is one of those things that you can only fix to a certain extent, right? You, you can't, you know, you can't just go in all of a sudden get get hops like a like Kai Jones, right? It's just not how it really right. works. But I think for me, the ball handling was clearly better. Um, it was very, it's been very much on display, especially in the tournament. The shot creation is there too, and he's really good at the one to two dribble pull up. He's got a really good yep. shot fake as well. I think he's he's effective at playing off other people. I think he's got uh, the potential to be a really good wingman. Also, his defense, I mean, Davion got a lot of the credit, but he defended this year at a really high level as well. So 
not saying he's like a poor man's Davion Mitchell, but I think he does a lot of the things that Davion does pretty well. He doesn't have the burst, but he is, he's pretty polished, I think, in terms of a college basketball player going to the pros. Yeah, I agree. My biggest concern for him is that, you know, I think coming out of high school, they said he had a heart condition or something like mm-hmm. that. My biggest concern is that that ends up dropping him. You know, like some teams may be scared. Or obviously, they're going to do a lot of different right. testing. Not saying that they haven't at Baylor, but I would hate for him to have like this great season. And I mean, you know, he had a good season on paper. He's put himself in position to be a first round pick. And then right as we get closer to draft time, you start hearing about the potential issues with his heart. And then he ends up, you know, falling. But overall, not, you know, if we take that off the table, I definitely think he's a has a chance to be a first round pick. I like how he plays with pace. He just has this like smooth game where he's just kind of playing at his own speed. I like him as a decision maker. Um, you know, there are going to be some concerns about him not being like this explosive athlete and not really being able to blow by guys off the dribble. But I feel like even though he doesn't have like this crazy burst or first step, I still feel like he was able to get to the rim a decent amount of times. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I like him. He's so, yeah, I um, but yeah, I mean, I really I think that he has a chance to be a first round pick. And then, you know, by him coming from a, a winning situation i think that helps him out also today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag you guys know the deal football season is long gone but right now we are in the heart of basketball season for the nba and college hoops nhl is in full swing and here comes baseball as well also bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality television real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up today head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on for a 50 percent deposit bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast every monday andy Patton and isaac shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball keep you up to date on the ncaa tournament bubble and get you ready for the upcoming week of games From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I agree. I think the winning situation guy being a proven winner. The other guy is Macy Oteague and... Uh, the hitch is the first thing people notice, you know, yep. pretty confident guy. And I think he sh- the effort, you know, is on, was on display the other night too. This is a guy that I think you'll be pretty lucky if he makes the league. Um, and, you know, I think if he makes it, he stays, but the question for him is whether he's going to make it or not. Yeah. I think he's just going to have to take a, like the G league route. Right. And he'll, he'll probably end up as a two way guy or someone that like, you know, an hour after the draft, you're going to see Shams or Walsh tweet that he ended up signing with a team. And I think that he'll have to just kind of work his way up to maybe like summer league, play in the G League as a two-way player, and just kind of take the long route to the NBA. But I think that he'll have a shot. The final guy, and this is the most interesting one, in my opinion, is Mark Vidal. Because mm-hmm. Mark's somebody you know personally, and 
um, you know, I have to full context here is I work on Big 12 Today, Sirius XM with Gabe Iker, who played center at Oklahoma. Holly Rowe works for ESPN and Fran Fraschilla, who does basketball for ESPN. Mm-hmm. They hounded Rico Gathers and they take a lot of credit for Rico going and playing, going and playing football, rather, um, obviously former Baylor basketball player. They've done the same thing to Mark. And whether it was tongue-in-cheek or not, Mark had said, hey, I'm done at Baylor. I'm not coming back for my extra year. I get on the show yesterday. He said, you know, I'm ready for whatever's next, NBA, Europe. And he mentioned NFL. Whether it was tongue-in-cheek or not, I don't know. But I think um, he's got a lot of possibilities. The big thing for him is I think he has to get serious about his body. I think he needs to get really serious because he's such a great athlete. And we saw him the other day absolutely dominate Nash championship game with his athleticism. And what he did in the Nash championship game is something that I think is actually would translate to the the NBA. Like there are some of those guys, those annoying energy guys who just, you know, piss people off to no end. He's not going to score, but he's got a chance to be, as he always calls himself, you know, he wears that sweatshirt, the glue guy. He's got a chance to be that. What do you think about Mark's NBA chances and kind of where he fits in and what he needs to do to be really serious about it. Man, this is a, a tough question because I I used to work for the AU program that Mark had played mm-hmm. for for years. And then um, I, I worked with the, um, the high school that he went to API. So I've, I've known Mark for a while and um, he actually looks a little heavier than I would like. I feel like he's not as athletic as he used to be. Like when he was in mm-hmm. high school, he was a, freak athlete just Mm -hmm. crazy bouncy I feel like he's lost a little bit of that I think he needs to you know probably shed a few pounds but the energy is there the effort is there I don't know if he'll ever be able to add much to his game on the offensive end I also think it kind of hurts him a little bit with this era in the NBA with pace and space and you know if you're not able to score then you you allow the other team's defender to just kind of float around and play free safety I think if Mark was born 20 years ago, he could have like the Chuck Hayes type role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck Hayes made right. a lot of money, lot stuck of money. around a long time. So I think that kind of hurts him. I also think that the NFL would be interesting. I don't know if Mark played football. Not since I've known him. He hasn't played football. And mm-hmm. there were people talking about that way back when he was probably like in 10th grade. He should play football. He has the body to be a tight end or defensive end or whatever. Football is tough to just like go from not playing to. Right. But I think if there's a person that can do it, Mark is obviously physical. He has the motor and the energy that, you know, teams would look for from a defensive end. I think he'll try basketball first. Um, and I don't know what it is with, with Baylor guys. I mean, I know like uh, obviously Rico gathers and I, I heard that even like Quincy AC had some NFL teams that <laughs> yeah. were interested in, and uh, bringing him on because Quincy's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, with like mm-hmm. the 6'11 wingspan. So I imagine an NFL scout, that's your dream as a right. tight end, a defensive yeah. end. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think like for Mark, he luckily he does have some options there. He's had a great career at Baylor. Um, I'm just curious to see what he what he does next. Today's show is also sponsored by the best protein bar out there right now, Built Bar. Guys, go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to receive 15% off on your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. And go check out their Twitter account right now, at Bar underscore Built. If you guys go there, you guys can vote on your favorite 
Built Bar. They're doing Built Bar Madness right now. They have a bracket set up, and you can go to Built Bar uh, on Twitter. It's at bar underscore built, and go vote for your favorite. Check back each day to uh, to see who is winning, and then you guys, you know, try to push your favorite Built Bar to the top. Now, it's going to be difficult, uh, but with your help, you can push your favorite Built Bar to the top. Once again, go to Built Bar dot com today use that promo code locked 15 you'll receive 15 percent off on your next purchase yeah he's the motivation is always a really interesting thing because whenever he's motivated he can be one of the best players he is a noticeable force and i think yeah. force is the right word it's just a matter of getting that we talked to him earlier in the year too and he'd mentioned that fran for had said something where mark he said mark didn't look like himself and then mark had a couple really really nice games and yeah. then mark talked about how uh, you know, he said that um, a couple of players on Gonzaga had ordered champagne and before the game. And he said that, you know, they were talking about that every single time out. And it's no it's no shock. Mark had eight offensive rebounds and was noticeably bullying guys like Drew Timmy. So yep. for me, it's about, you know, and you know him too. I feel like motivation might be the right word. Like he's just really got to figure out what that carrot is, what, what he wants to prove. And then, then, I mean, then it's you kind of turn him loose and see how far he goes. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's always been the same player, just high energy. Um, you know, Drew is also a Dallas guy in the Dallas area, so it's kind of tough to see two guys that I had a chance to watch in high school that I'm rooting for go up against each other, and Mark just yeah. kind of kicked his butt. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did. <laughs> in, that, in that game. But, uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see, like, what what's next for him. Um, oh, and just, I'll just mention, Drew, actually, while we're on it, Drew Timmy, just kind of – out of the blue here. You think he comes back and he goes to the NBA? I mean, he has to test the waters. Yeah. He has to. It's he's in like this very weird predicament to where he might be too good for college basketball, but I agree. doesn't have. Can I ask you, what, was, he, was him whipping Evan Mobley's ass like a moment where you're like, this, this is, you know, like that guy's going to be number two pick. And I mean, he had nothing for Drew the entire yeah. game, nothing for him. And that's one of those moments where you're like, mm, this guy. We might have to rethink what we think about this dude. Yeah, I just figure like once he gets to the NBA, he's not going to get those post touches right. like he did that game. And um, you know, like in the the last two games in the Final Four, you saw the best of him, and then you actually saw kind of like what is holding him back. Right. So I think that yeah, he's in the weird predicament, similar to like Luca Garza in a sense, mm-hmm. dominate college basketball. But in today's NBA, it's all about can you space the floor? Can you defend in space? Man, it's a tough decision because on one hand, I feel like he definitely needs to test the waters, get some feedback. But I know the feedback that he's going to get is the same that we all have. I think that he needs to just be able to space the floor. If he can space the floor and and and, and become a better shooter, then I think it opens everything else up. And, you know, teams are going to have concerns about his defense. And I feel bad because it's like Baylor was literally picking on him. Yes. Like the game plan was just, yeah. all right, keep running these dribble handoff screen screen. Yeah. And then if we get Timmy on Davion Mitchell, or, you know, he literally okay. spent they, too much yeah. time on the island. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, they, you know, Drew initiates a lot of the offense from the top, that, that top of the key spot, right? They, they like yeah. to get the ball there and Baylor was fine with having him get the ball there. And they were, and it kind of almost reminded me of the way they, what they did to Io DeSumo, Baylor did earlier in the year. They just, they bullied him. They got really physical yeah. with him and they were all over him. And, and, you know, it's when you're thinking about ball security, it's tougher for you to think about, you know, making that pass or trying to get to the lane. I mean, it makes it a whole lot more challenging. So I thought 
that game was revealing. But once again, like I, I know, I know I shouldn't look too much into one game, but I saw what he yep. did to Mobley, and I was just like, damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, he's got something there. Yeah, you give him post touches in space, then he's gonna score because he's so crafty. He can use both hands, but he just did not have any space in the Baylor game. Mm-hmm. Like there were times I'm like counting. Are, are there not six guys on the floor? I mean, they were just whatever Scott Drew's pregame speech was. Man, they they need to record that because they came out the gates flying. Yeah, they did, um, <laughs> and maybe maybe it was the champagne. Maybe that's what it was. I just I, they, saw Mark. Mark said they Mark said they <laughs> talked about it during every timeout too. He said they mentioned it during every timeout. So maybe that was it because it was the way they jumped out on them was illegal. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was crazy. Um, all right, let's so let's start at the top of the draft now and work our way back with some of the Big Twelve guys. Obviously, number one, Cade Cunningham, uh, projected yep. number one at the beginning of the year. I've, you know, I, I Bill Simmons said, you know, I'm ready to, to say Jalen Suggs over Cade Cunningham because of a couple games. Look, I, I think they're they're very different players in the sense that you know you look at a person like Cade and you usually think that guy kind of looks like an exceptional athlete, and then you watch him play, and his game is really skill based. His game yep. is really based off his shooting, which is he's an excellent shooter. For somebody his age, and Which we didn't think that coming into the season, no. I was supposed to be the knock on him. And he's yeah, exactly. And you saw, you know, and he's got that step back, like we talked about. You know, a couple of games yeah. where he's hit that step back and uh, big moments. And I love his patience. Um, there's a reason why Cade was relentless in the second half is because he's kind of downloading information in the first half, and yeah. then he's attacking in the second half. I, I think. You know, I w- want to get your thoughts on this, but but to me, it's been wired to wire. He's got to be the number one pick because, you know, the 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 floor is pretty high, yep. and that's because of how good of a shooter he is. Yeah, which is something I would not have expected you to say eight months ago. You know, mm-hmm. the, if there's one thing that I felt like there was a concern that he was going to have to show this season was that he was a a good shooter, and he ended up being a lot better shooter than probably anybody expected. And the percentages, he ends up shooting like 40% from three on nearly six attempts per game. But what makes that even more impressive to me was that very few of his shots were like assisted. He had to create those threes. A lot of them were off the dribble step backs. Those are tough shots to make with a hand in your face, especially when the entire defense is geared to stop you. So his shooting was the biggest surprise. But what's more interesting about that is he came into the season with a reputation as this um, great decision maker and point guard in a sense, but he averaged more turnovers than assists. So it's kind of like the strengths and the areas of concern kind of flip-flopped, but I think he's the number one pick. And I think at this point, I mean, it's been like so much hype around him that I think people are going to start to nitpick. Yeah, the turnovers, and I mean, I talked about them all year long. You know, you could pretty much, like the games where they lost, you could pick out the possessions late in games where Cade would, you know, uh, you know, any point in the game where Cade turned it over, spot the team, you know, extra four or six points. And you yeah. can say, Hey, look, this is where the game was lost. Now at, t- I would say towards the back end of the season, he was really impressive because the team around him got better. Yeah, and Avery Anderson was big. For exactly. That. I mean, they, they had a game where they were without him and they beat West Virginia. And I think Avery Anderson, yep. you know, in Morgantown, Avery had 30 some points, I believe in that yep. game. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys, in my opinion, kind of caught up. Like they saw the speed that with, you know, not speed in terms of pure speed, but like the speed at which Cade was computing stuff. Yeah. And they kind of understood where to be. 
and, and how to yep. play with him a lot more. And that's hard for those guys, especially when you're playing with such a transcendent talent. So I think that stuff caught up and, and towards the back end, especially the end of the big 12 season when they beat Baylor, um, that was kind of the game for me where it's like, okay, this is, this it's all on display right here. Right. When, when guys around him are clicking, this is what mm-hmm. this guy is, is capable of as a player. So yeah, to me, I mean, I, I don't think there's many questions. Like you got to take him number one, right? Yeah. The Oklahoma game. Like I felt like yeah. if there were which one, doubts, which one he had, two, he had two awesome Oklahoma games. Uh, you, the 40 yeah, point, think, the well, 40 point game, the 40 point. Yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I just feel like if there were any doubt, he should have answered it on that game. I mean, 40 points. And then they, they beat him like two days later. Yeah. And even though the numbers didn't stand out, I think he may have had like 15 points. But just the fact that that team, which was not projected to – I don't even remember what they were projected to finish at the beginning of the year. I want to say it was like in the lower the lower half of the of the conference. But, yeah, man, I mean, he's, he's number one. I think he's in a tier by himself. And then after that, it kind of gets a little – a little tougher after yeah. that and him being the best player in this league too was i mean i, I think jared butler probably should have won player of the year in the league but uh, i think a lot of media people didn't want to be on the wrong side of kate cutting him you know like in terms of this guy's going to be an nba star so you kind of look like a dumbass if you didn't give him the award it's crazy because jared butler may not be the best player on his team on his team no, which, <laughs> is, which just shows you how good the conference was right i mean yeah we're, we're yep. put together an all-conference team and we're talking about the guards and it was like Either one of, you know, uh, Mitchell, Butler, Cade, Reeves, McBride. I mean, there's five guards right there, right? And, you know, yep. and not putting five guards. So somebody's getting left out. So it just shows the competition also. He's going up against night in and night out. Um, and I think that it also really helped him as well. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, please stay safe. <laughs>